Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge World Tour, a podcast with a variety of guests from all over the world talking all things in the gaming industry. Here's your host, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and this week on the World Tour season, we head to the state of Indiana, where we are joined by Sonic Unleashed Wii version, or Unweashed, if you may, speedrunner, Spec Wii. What's up, everybody? Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Spec. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk about... Um... All, all the gaming stuff and maybe geek out a little bit about about a, a an old Wii game from 2008. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how far God. we get. <laughs> is it is it really that old? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I try not to think about it. Like, I try not to think about, like, how, like, there are children that are, are younger than, like, my maybe not my favorite game but one of the games i've played the most in my life and and then I, then i get like an existential crisis so yeah it's it's, it's like my almost God. 15 years old this november oh yeah man. oh man oh man oh man uh well we'll be getting to that a little bit later in the show today but because you are brand new here we do get to start off with the passport check which is where you give us your favorite video game video game character and video game soundtrack Okay, uh, this will, uh, these are, these are all really hard questions because, um, spoiler alert for everyone, everyone that's listening, um, I am not like a gamer. I am a speedrunner and then I play some video games every now and then. Um, but I am mainly a Sonic nerd. Uh, that's where I've kind of stayed my domain. Um, but I was also an FPS guy for a little while, played Melee a lot, play fighting games. So with that said, my favorite game um, of all time is uh, Sonic Unleashed HD, uh, the Xbox version. Okay. Uh, I think that game is um, incredible. Favorite character, it's it's Sonic. Actually, I'm actually lying. It's actually Blaze, uh, Blaze the Cat from uh, Sonic 06. She's like so cool. Um, I think she's like the one Sonic character that they can write her seriously. And it kind of like works out. Knuckles is a close second there. Um, and Sonic, Sonic's fine. But I, I grew up with Sonic. I um, <laughs> Sonic's fine. He's fine. Uh, it was my first video game I ever played. I played a Sonic Heroes. Uh, weird story. Um, essentially, my older, you, you guys are from the dark ages as I am. Uh, there used to be these things called minivans that had sliding doors. They weren't automatic. You like, you like grabbed it and you had to like <laughs> yank it shut. And, uh, one from day, the dark ages. yeah, from the dark ages. And so we're getting out of our, our Dodge minivan and, uh, my brother shuts the door and he shuts it on my hand. Um, ha. and it was awful. I was like six years old. And so, uh, ha. back in these days, um, I guess my dad didn't know what to do. Uh, obviously, he went to the, like, the nurse, and it was all fine. It wasn't, like, broken or anything. But uh, my dad took me to the nurse. I got all wound up, and then I went home because I was hysterical because I am a dramatic little little kid. Also, like, that's just a traumatic experience. And we went to yes. – uh, on the way back, my dad took me to a place called Blockbuster, which is a place where you could rent games or movies, depending on your clientele there. But we rented a game called Sonic Heroes for the Xbox. 
And that was the first time I'd ever played and had my own video game. And then my dad bought it for me for Christmas. And that's what started the whole entire thing. Favorite. Uh, so there's some Lord Lord dump, but my favorite OST. <laughs> I keep on going. Uh, my favorite OST. Uh, I wish I could be like Sonic Unleashed, but it, in all honesty, it's Hollow Knight. I think uh, I think Hollow Knight's OST. I've listened to that religiously for like years uh it, it that's nice it's a it's a really good ost i uh it I, really is city of tears i can listen to like whenever it starts raining i put on that song and it just instantly matches the vibe i now am the protagonist i am the knight and it's it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i am a masked insect <laughs> i am a masked insect about three inches tall yeah that's exactly exactly <laughs> exactly damn Yo, I, it's been a while since I played Hollow Knight. Like, there's part of me that, like, wants to go back and play it again. But legit, this year, I'm like, no, I have so many other games on my plate. Well, here's and the twisted with, part about with Hollow Knight. coming out and all that stuff. It's just, oh. I, I, Hollow Knight is what video game pilled me. So, like, in 2016, 2017, I got Hollow Knight because I watched a review. Um, some, some people are going to flame me for this. I'm a donkey fan. I like video game donkey. Um, I was watching his review about Hollow Knight and I was like, oh, it's only like $10. Games can be $10. Sure, I'll buy it. So in it, in it like it's a it's a pretty hard game if you don't play video games. And my stubborn self was like, I'm beating this game. And I fell in love with Metroidvanias. And so I played Hollow Knight. I was like, this is the perfect game ever made. And then I played Metroid Zero Mission. And now I look at Hollow Knight and I go, that's a pretty it's a, it's, it's a pretty game, but it's not a good game. So um, I'm now a hater of Hollow Knight. It's too big. Make the map smaller, please. Um, ah, I loved it. Uh, I mean, it was good. It's still no, good. No, here's the, you know, here's the thing, though. Yes, like you kind of just said, I've never played a Metroidvania. Aside from Hollow Knight, I've never played any other Metroidvania game. Yeah, I would I would definitely recommend like Symphony of the Night. Uh, Symphony of the Night is probably the only other game that was like really big. And I was still like from start to finish was captivated the entire way through. Um, and that's because it's pixel art is literally just like it, it's it's eye candy. But it, it's like yeah. Hollow Knight in that its aesthetics are amazing on the first way through. And you just want to keep on going because you want to see all these different locales and different aesthetics. But then once you've seen it all, you don't really want to see it again. You're like, OK, I'm not I'm, like it's it, it it's. <laughs> It's great on the first playthrough. It's replayability. I could take it or leave. But my favorite game. Fair enough. My favorite game outside of the Sonic franchise would be either Zero Mission or, or Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread. Oh, I got that game on release. I got two copies on release day. And I sat in my room and or sat in my living room. And I literally sat underneath a little blanket like like a little kid and played that game all terrified of the Emmys like the entire time. And I had the time of my life. It was awesome um yeah <laughs> yeah nice Alrighty. uh well with that it's time for us to now kick off our show with our headline of the week and uh for the first time ever xbox had their very first direct a developer direct where they had five of their main studios showcase one game each uh and all the games Hey, they come out this year. Wow. So that's really dope. Um, so going over them really quick, they started off with Mojang, uh, which, uh, who showed off Minecraft Legends. More Minecraft Legends. We've known about this game since last year when it was shown off at 
uh what was it or was it at the game awards that it was shown off i can't fully remember but it was shown off last year it's the new like oh what's the type of game is it it's like uh fortnite battle royale no it's um (laughs) like a tactics game like a yeah it's like a tactics game where you gather resources build units and destroy the enemy base okay like a fortress like Uh, a tower fortress game yeah sort not like a ta- like a like a full fort you can build different structures different traps different weapons and then gather resources gather mobs and then charge at the enemy uh they showed off the pvp mode because there will be a pvp mode in the game on top of the single player campaign um which it's it's cool it's not a game for me that's for sure uh but we now know the release date is april 18th 2023 so that's exciting for people who really really like the minecraft world yeah and want essentially the third minecraft game in this in the franchise uh now you can play that soon uh we then went to turn 10 studios and they showed off the brand new forza motorsport which they're saying is going to be the biggest forza game to date with the amount of cars and tracks there's going to be over 500 different vehicles i believe it's like 20 unique tracks um, and like basically enhancements, oh, like the most overhauled game within the Forza franchise, uh, with what they can do with the technology and everything. Uh, this is the only game that didn't have a specific release date, as we just know it's set for a 2023 release. That's gonna be interesting. Racing games are in a really weird spot right now. Uh, I mean, I feel like they're in a good spot. Like Forza Horizon Five was was a great game. It it won a game award uh, when it came out two years ago. It's just one of those. It's one of those genres where it's like that's that's the thing that you strike gold with one racing game, and it's like, okay, what do we do next? Do we just like release it again? And for a lot of people, that works. Like you can just keep on updating the aesthetics and keep the core gameplay the same, but eventually you could you could accidentally get a end up being stale my biggest concern with forza in particular is that they stay they actually keep on trying to like hammer down like realistic driving which i don't necessarily like <laughs> I, I, I with my drivers i really like it to be uh more mechanically more cart like more cart like um yeah i think uh what, like need for speed like burnout paradise like those are like that that is okay gotcha that's gotcha. peak i want to feel like i'm in control of the car but i want to feel like i'm also less realism more action yeah i want to be hauling it i want i want motion blur making me feel like i'm i am going at the speed of sound i am speed yeah i want to be lightning to cut <laughs> so i guess okay. that's, that's why i no, think it's a fair. weird place yeah 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 no that's definitely fair it's definitely i definitely it's it's Forza also has its audience. I'm not part of that audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but still, hey, always good to see uh, them working on new stuff. Uh, we then went to our third showcase, uh, Tango GameWorks, who made the Evil Within series, and they showed off their brand new game, which is so different than the Evil Within and all the other games that they've made. Hi-Fi Rush. This is a rhythm action game. They showed off all this gameplay. Like, the the art style is beautiful. And then they're like, oh, also, after the show, the game will be out. Like, we're releasing it today. So the game came out on the 25th. I bought and finished the game yesterday, which was the 26th. What was your opinion on it? Oh. Really? Game of the year material. Really? 
It's game of the year material for me. Like, I don't think it's going to get nominated for game of the year just because obviously there's so many other big games. games coming out. <laughs> but this is like a potential in my top 10 list for sure for my 2023 game of the year. That's crazy. I, I, I was watching a friend play it uh, the day it came out and we were talking about um, its combat and how we really liked the combat. I haven't played it myself. I've more just vicariously watched my friend play it. And, but I think pretty interesting. Um, I like, the, I love the art style, um, but someone said it reminded them of another game like NSR. I think that's what it's called. I'm not familiar with that even stands for, but that, that's what they said. And they're like, it feels like an extension of another game. I was like, oh, that's really interesting, which was made like by a similar adjacent studio, apparently, which I don't know. That's like 100 percent true hearsay hearsay. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, I think that was that, I think for me that that painted it in a bit more of a negative light, actually. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's good because that makes me want to no, check it, it out even great. more. The music is great. The okay. soundtrack, the licensed music that they got, it really works. The oh, I love that writing is the writing is very funny. It's got a really good writing uh for the game and yeah no it's definitely definitely give the game a try it is like a 40 dollar game um and it's about if you're doing everything in it like if you want to 100 percent the game you're maybe looking at 20 hours i'm not i didn't do that 20 hours i played it for the main story which is about a 12 hour main story okay are you a person that likes are you like a person that likes uh like a really drawn out like 50 60 hour game or you I, like, I can be like i yeah. like i guess i play everything and anything that piques my interest okay. so that's all it has to do for me to play it is it has to pique my interest gotcha i'm so like instantaneous gratification that like i i can't do uh i can't like someone keeps on but my friends keep on recommending persona 5 royal to me and i i've watched great the play game. through great game the, it's it is an amazing game i instead what i did this is all the people that can't do long games they can't play them watch the playthroughs on youtube you won't be able to experience the gameplay but if you want to be able to like feel a part of the conversation that's how you do it that's that's the cheat code that's just what i'm thinking. yeah <laughs> absolutely uh we then went to the fourth game which uh was uh which is by zenimax online studios the parent company of bethesda uh, and uh, it's the Elder Scrolls Online's next expansion, Necrom, which I would say this is probably the low point of the entire show, yeah. uh, mostly because with like how they presented Hi-Fi Rush, it was so like action-packed. So it was like a really good presentation for it. And then you get into Elder Scrolls Online. It's just like, okay. Um, so what they're adding, they're adding a new class, the Arcanist, which is the third new class that they've added ever since they started the game back when it first launched. Uh, and the new area that you get to go to is Eastern Morrowind, which has not been seen since 1994. Uh, and, hey, if you want to get into the Elder Scrolls Online, now's a great time because the game and all of its expansions are currently free for a limited time. Um, and I believe the entire thing is also on Games Pass, so you can play it on Games Pass as well. The Necrom expansion comes out June 5th for PC and June 20th for consoles. Uh, and after the show ended, they did like a bigger world premiere for the Elder Scrolls Online Necrom that I did not watch because I play Final Fantasy XIV, and that's the only MMO I'll ever touch. Uh, the show then ended with giving us more details to Arcane Austin's new game, Redfall. And they showed this off last year. I believe it was at E3 or, yeah, at, or Summer Games Fest. It was one of the two. Uh, we got some more gameplay shown. 
Uh, everything looks honestly. The game looks really great. You're va- you're hunting vampires. You're trying to take back your town. There's a bit there, so it's a bit Left for Dead like, but not real. It's <laughs> different monster. It, d- different <laughs> monsters, but like, but not like the size of like the hordes like Left for Dead gave yeah. us. Like it's more like uh, if because Arcane worked on Deathloop and shit. It's more like what you'll see for like uh, like Deathloop or the. Um, Dishonor type games with the amount of enemies there are, mm-hmm. um, and then but like it, and it feels more like that with how they'll like play with like your different characters getting different abilities, different weapons, and the like. But no, looks fun. I'm excited for it. May second is when that game comes out, and that was everything that they showed off. Honestly, it a really good job from Xbox for their very first ever direct. They did, got a solid for me, a solid eight. I, I think Microsoft is in its redemption arc right now. and I, It definitely is. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but the Series S, he, he, and here's where it lies. It lies in the fact that they are making games accessible. They understand that, that the gaming community wants to pay for accessibility to older titles. And I think they do that masterfully by having their arcade store still open. I can you can still buy it from the Xbox 360 arcade store, uh, which I and also just Game Pass and Game, and, Pass, and Game Pass. I I can't believe I'm saying this. I used to be a huge hater on any type of pass in general, but I can firmly recommend to anyone that is listening right now. I can firmly recommend uh, Xbox Game Pass, like full on hours and hours of enjoyment. Um, right now, I'm playing Death's Door with it. Um, I just finished playing Banjo Kazooie, which I never played before. Um, and so like, I, like you just, you don't, there's so many titles underneath that banner of game pass that like all different genres, all different type of art styles and studios that get represented 10 out of 10 recommend it. So I, yeah. And a lot of the time, and a lot of the time, the new exclusives that come out are immediately on game passes. Yes. I think it's so cool. It's such a genius marketing, which is a thing that PlayStation really needs to consider. Not going to lie. PlayStation plus, it would be that much better if they did the same thing. I think PlayStation. And that's, that's the thing. I feel like Nintendo can get away with it because they're Nintendo. They can do literally whatever they want. As long as they got the, the red hatted guy, like they're fine. Uh, yeah, as long as the quality of the game is like top is good, people, it's yeah. Nintendo gets away with all that. N- shit, Nintendo yeah. gets away with everything because they've been doing it since like the eighties. They they've been around for too long, but but yeah. so but Sony is like they don't have that mascot. I mean, maybe Crash Bandicoot, but like that's not even cool. But even so, Crash uh, technically Crash's parent company now, Toys for Bob, is owned by Xbox. That's that's, that's awkward. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a real awkward. Like they're owned by Microsoft, but like they're still te- like in Crash nowadays isn't much of a Sony exclusive. Yeah, like it's more of Sony might get them first, but that's about they're like a limit. It's like a limited exclusive because you can now play all the Crash games on every console and PC with the Insane trilogy. So yeah, so 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 yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. So Sony doesn't have that marketing value, I think, and then also. The things that I fondly remember from PlayStation isn't the it's like it's just like Xbox where it, it, it like Xbox in like 2015, 2016, where they weren't putting out anything that I particularly enjoyed. But I remembered the stuff that that they did release that I used to enjoy. And so I just held out faith 
that one day either all the old stuff will come back or they'll make something new. And honestly, that's what's happened with Microsoft. I think Sony needs to have that uh, come to reality moment where they're like, where they're like, oh, we actually do like make good games and exclusives so people can buy our console that no one can actually buy. And well, I mean, they do make good games. They do they do have good exclusives. Like the like Last of Us is. They are both phenomenal games, and uh, I be- and you know, I believe, I believe they only they put like the first last is the first Last of Us on PC yet, or is that one still just a PlayStation exclusive? I can't remember. I think it's still. On, I don't. I actually, I'm not going to say an opinion. I'll probably be wrong, and I don't want someone in the comments going going. He was wrong, so I'm just not going to say anything. But okay, but I, I, I can't remember the, if it is. Or not. I think it's the thing though is like it's the Last of Us, uh, Dark Souls, like. All the games, all like the at least right when it started, all the big releases were remakes, and so I think that for me is what's been so disheartening. Is like I feel like Xbox is put. I mean, I don't. I haven't even heard of half of these, um, ha- like half of the studios that Xbox has gotten for exclusives. I never even heard of them half the time. Uh, that could be because I'm not plugged into the gaming world, which is totally valid. But I feel like with PlayStation, I'm getting the same experience all over again. And it, I don't, I don't know if that's worth it. I mean, to be fair, of the of the Xbox developer directs, three of them are technically part of like the Bethesda family, where like Bethesda's like the parent of them. Mm. Uh, like Mo Yang, obviously everybody knows that Xbox bought them out for God knows how much, and now Notch just does whatever the fuck he wants. And then Turn Ten <laughs> has been with Xbox for eons at this point. Yeah, but so, uh, the uh, but the other three, they, the other three though are all Bethesda studios. That's crazy. So that's crazy. I didn't realize that they're all Bethesda. So did Bethesda have like a big old? Uh, now nah, I'm gonna go off on a tangent. Have, I mean, like, it's like it's like it's sort of back. like how EA also has like a couple studios on that work with them and okay. Square does. It's it's like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, uh, but with that, it's time for us to now dive in to see what else happened this week. Uh, let's dive into the Week in Review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the Week in Review. Um, starting off, some of the games that came out last week, we had Forspoken, which is mixed I got, reviews. I got railed on Twitter. Twitter was not a fan. Twitter's not a fan, but then again, Twitter is also super toxic, so not I don't real take my reviews from Twitter. They're not reliable. That's very true. Uh, we also had Hitman World of Assassination, which is which is a new game in a sense. This is basically Hitman 3. It's now been retitled, and the other two Hitman games, Hitman 1 and Hitman 2, have now been they've all been merged together to make Hitman World of Assassination. So it's one grand old Hitman game, which honestly they is a great move. Uh, for the Hitman series. And also, the Dead Space remake is out right now. I've never played Dead Space before. I, I, I'm a whip. I haven't either, but like, it's, I have reasons because I'm scared. I'm scared yes, I'm, I'm scared for my life. I think the scariest game... Okay, people are going to roast me for this. The scariest game I've ever played was uh, The Last of Us. And that's because the scariest thing in that game is how many ladders I have to carry. That's 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 the scariest thing in The Last of Us. But I think that's the scariest ladders? game I can play. Yeah, you like, had to carry a carry lot of lot. You had to carry a lot the, of ladders in The Last of Us. Yeah, a lot of them. I think it's like eleven, like eleven or eleven or twelve ladders you have to carry to set up. And it's pretty funny, huh? And then they set All up right. like a like a joke at the end of it, 
where uh this is a spoiler for for those i mean it's been out for like a decade can i spoil a little yeah bit? okay yeah, it's fine yeah there's this like one moment where after you've set up like a dozen ladders now with ellie uh you she knocks over one of the ladders and you're like what the heck's going on so like you're all you're all excited and so you think something bad's about to happen and instead it's like a giraffe and it's like actually really wholesome so i feel like it was like the nod of like you have carried a lot of ladders this game here's a giraffe to pet and i'm like here's a giraffe like you know what (laughs) this is a good payoff i'll take it In the world of video game news, starting off, 2019's Xenotilt Pinball is getting a sequel uh, going more over the top than a pinball pinball game ever needs to. Uh, but yeah, a new sequel to pinball game. Get excited, pinball wizards. I'm crying right now. Tears of joy. You guys can't see it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, oh, I guess this is some big news. Neil Druckmann, the co-president of Naughty Dog, has said that the studio will be moving on from the Uncharted series. That makes me sad. Uh, but so it's... Aside from the game, the last few games getting ported to PC, uh, that's like the last of it for Uncharted. Which, honestly, to be fair, the four main games and the one spinoff game for Uncharted are, I think that it's a perfect way to kind of leave that series. Yeah, no, I think Uncharted 4 is, I thought it, I thought it was already kind of known it was the last game. I thought that was like the, the swan song. Um, yeah, I, I, that's not a bad move. It's a sad move because Uncharted is really freaking good, but I don't know. I think it's a good good move in the long run. Uh, he also says that The Last of Us 3 is up in the air, if they'll do it or not. Uh, he says that if they can figure out a compelling story, then uh, Last of Us 3 will happen. But are until you, then... Are you a Last of Us 2 fan or Last of Us... or, or are you I've like never the, played either. I have not played really? either. Really? Oh, <laughs> okay. Not. Um, the first one is good. The second one um, is mixed. I f- it's very mixed. It's very like mixed. I've heard, like it's it's very much if if you it's very hit or miss depending on how you feel about certain things in the game. That's what how I've interpreted it. Here's how, yeah, it's it and the events in the game are fine. I actually think the story is pretty good. I'm I'm pretty good on it. Um, but they, they use this, this, they, they use this word. I'm not being smart and pretentious using this word. They used it first. Um, but, uh, Ludo narrative dissonance happens a lot in the last of us two. And, um, they actually talk about it in like multiple interviews before, um, they had released the game about how they wanted to address that. And, um, I think they addressed it in a really poor way. So uh, if they were to make a last of us three, they either they either need to like really course correct that aspect of it. I think the story is fine. I, don't get me wrong. I think the story is fine. Um, I think the themes were okay, but how it merged with gameplay did not mesh as well as The Last of Us One. That's kind of what. Okay, I okay gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and some Disney news: Disney Dreamlight's Disney Dreamlight Valley is getting multiplayer later this year as they released the roadmap for early 2023. Um, it's also getting more Disney characters in the game that you can farm with and fish with and other, th- I, the, the game doesn't interest me. I, it's, I, I can't even say I've ever heard of it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's, I, it's basically I, animal crossing, but Disney. I mean, I would love to fish with like Wreck-It Ralph. I feel like that'd be a good time, but <laughs> I don't, I don't think I want to play the game though. I think it's more like yeah. just something that can stay in the realm of fantasy for me. <laughs> And probably the wackiest gaming news story we have, which has nothing to do with gaming. It's just this happened. 
Uh, Drake and Little Yachty pulled a the, the craziest gaming stunt so far of 2023 where Drake passed Little Yachty a Steam Deck and both of them were in separate moving SUVs. Sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you're driving on the interstate and the home. Sometimes you're just driving on the, the interstate and, you're, and you got to toss your friend in the Steam Deck. <laughs> he says, he says, bro, I need to play Sadix on the, on the Steam Deck. And I, I mean, well, yeah, it's bet at that point. Like, gotta get, gotta get the 32. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that happened. Uh, hey, Riot Games, uh, they have set the source code for League of Legends, Teamfight <laughs> Tactics, and a legacy anti-cheat pro- platform were stolen in a social engineering attack that occurred last week and are being held for ransom. Is it bad uh, that I don't feel bad? Is it bad? I don't feel... I, I like. I, I feel <laughs> a little bad because obviously that this shit shouldn't happen. Like, this is like kind of shitty that this is happening. Like, right. despite me not liking League... Well, I'm more, like it's more it's, Riot Games that I that I actually have the animosity towards. League is fine. I I, I think Riot is like such an unethical company in, in a general sense, and so I think the ransom happening. Well, I do not condone it. No, no one do that. Uh, and say yeah. spec we told you, but uh, I I do think if there's any studio I I look at and go, yeah, this if there is a divine judgment, this is it. It's Riot Games. This is I. I feel like it's kind of like karmic. Uh, they have said that they will not be paying the ransom, and from the according to reports, Ooh. they've got a good. It's like they're working on getting it back, or they have they've made progress on it. So interesting. Yes. Uh, in delayment news, the near Automata anime has been delayed by COVID. After the first the first three episodes are released. The fourth episode was set for, I leave the end of the month, but that's been delayed because of COVID with the, the production team. Sad. So that's very sad, but uh, it just means you got to wait a little longer, but still sad. Um, in some retro news, GoldenEye 007 has made its way to Nintendo Online and the Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. You can, so you can finally... now play classic GoldenEye. You should finally buy the, the Game Pass for Nintendo and feel like a little justified. Thank goodness. <laughs> and lastly, Sonic Frontiers, the Fro- Sonic Frontiers director has said that the next entry may not have boost. He's gone on record saying that he would, it might be more along the lines of like SA2 stuff. But again, this is all theoretical. This is so early that it's like he'd like to make it. But again, we don't know if it actually will. Okay, I'm going to have a hot take for the people. I Spin Dash is fine. I have no hatred towards the spin dash, but I do think that once if boost ever does get removed, every Sonic fan outside of like 10 and the SA2 community are going to be like, please bring back boost in an open world game. You do not, unless if it's sad. Well, again, spin dash, well, again, we don't even know if it'll yeah, be an open world. Like true. we don't know. That's true. If it's not an open world game, if they, if they do the, the Sadics to, or the, the SA one to the SA two thing where they take a, a, a hub model and make it linear, that would be, I think that'd be fine. Um, I think for cyberspace levels, if they had spin dash in that, I actually wouldn't, wouldn't mind at all because I think without a spin dash mechanic, those stages are actually a lot less interactive as much as I wanted them to be. Uh, but that's it for the world of video game news. Looking at our TCG news, starting off with Pokemon Crown Zenith, the last Sword and Shield pack. Those those cards are out right now. And the Scarlet and Violet base sets come out March 31st. Uh, in the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! Starting off with our Master Duel updates, a new ban list uh, is implementing uh, February 2nd, I believe is what it said. 
Uh, I might be wrong on the date, but basically new cards getting banned, uh, Union Carrier getting outright banned, and also totally awesome banned. So Marine Cess getting nerfed a lot, but uh, in the coolest part, Scapegoat is now unlimited. So you can use three copies of Scapegoat, which means you can now finally build that token beatdown deck that you've wanted to build all this time. It's It's now possible. You now get three Scapegoats. Uh, also, the brand new Dual Pass is out right now, uh, and the level 75 reward, the new Dual Mate that you can get, is Karibo. In the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG, the Dark Magician Girl accessories and Photon Hypernova pack, those come out February 9th. The Beware of Trap Tricks structure deck comes out February 24th. And the 25th Anniversary Edition collection for Yu-Gi-Oh! comes out the 21st of April. In Magic the Gathering news, Phyrexia, all will be one, releases digitally on February 7th and physically on February 10th. The next main set for Magic the Gathering after Phyrexia is March of the Machine, which drops April 21st. The Lord of the Rings, Tales of Middle-Earth are expected in a few months, and also the Doctor Who collaboration is set sometime this year as well. Interesting. And lastly, in board game news, Ooh. Uh, Critical Role, they announced that uh, Mighty Nine is coming to Amazon Prime Video. It's being worked on by the same studio who's giving us uh, Vox Machina. Good for them. That's awesome. I watched a little bit of Critical Role stuff. They're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and that's everything that happened this, or most of the things that happened this week in the world of gaming. Any final thoughts on anything, Spec? Um, not really, no. Video games are cool. I'm I'm happy they exist. Alrighty. Uh, with that, then it's time for us to look ahead and see what games should be on your radar from January 30th to February 5th. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. It's a pretty, ta uh, I would say it's a tame week this week. Starting off on the Monday, Trek to Yomi comes out on the Switch. On Tuesday, Power Wash Simulator comes to the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition comes to the Series X and Xbox One. Inkulinati comes to the Series X, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Season A Letter to the Future comes to the PS5, PS4, and PC. SpongeBob SquarePants and the Cosmic Shake comes to the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. On no game releases on, come out on Wednesday. On Thursday, however, Chef Life, a restaurant simulator, comes out to, on everything. Deliver Us Mars comes to everything but the Switch. Life is Strange 2 finally makes its way to the Switch. Tales, the Backbone Preludes, comes to the PC. Fashion Police Squad comes to the Switch, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. And Volcano Princess comes out on the PC. And that's everything. No Friday release, no Saturday, no Sunday releases. I know I just said earlier that PS PlayStation right now has no good exclusives, or at least in my opinion, or anything new and fresh. Now, because of NDA, I cannot say details about um, about the game the about the game that much. Uh, but I will. I think I should be able to say this: Season is a game that you want to buy. That is a oh. that's a is gonna be a classic. Um, I played that, um, play tested it, and um, I, I don't know if I, I hopefully I can say that I play tested it, uh, and um, it was really fun. 
that's that's probably the extent of details i can probably give <laughs> but what what, um, what type of game is it you could probably tell us what type of game yeah because i have uh, no clue what type of game it is it's it's um i only played i think a couple of hours for it um and it's kind of got like a, a whole different load of things but best thing i could say um it's it's an interactive it's definitely not a walking simulator um, okay but it's, but it, it's got similar vibes to it um got, it, but it has gameplay mechanics like there's there are gameplay mechanics for it um it's like if death stranding was good um and <laughs> uh and like oh the, the oh story wait I'm lo- okay i'm looking at this game this i remember this game was shown off oh, the game was it shown off yeah it was i i wrote down in my notes i was like i need to get this game and I actually ended up joining their Discord and they had play tests. And I was like, yes, please. I would love to play test this game. I played it, I think it was like for two or three hours. And um I it was like a like a transcendental experience. It is it is really, really good. So I would definitely recommend it to anyone uh that's more in a uh kind of this is probably a good comparison. Um Abzu journey those oh, types of games okay um, oh i love those games it's that vibe it's it's where they, they have one gameplay mechanic and they are not one gameplay mechanic, but kind of like but one yeah yeah set and aesthetic and they go nuts with it and they went nuts with it and um it, i was playing a very early uh beta release and it was even then was just stunning i cannot say enough good things about it i will be buying it um on the day of release and be playing it again probably underneath the pillow uh, like <laughs> uh, i'm excited for spongebob squarepants the cosmic shake uh this is uh by purple lamp studios the people who made the battle for bikini bottom remake this time really it, it was all right i'm gonna say this as a guy who played the original so many times growing yeah. up and even like in modern years mm. it's all right the, I, the one thing i did not like about the cosmic shake was the physics okay that's the one thing I did not like. Everything else I think was great. I love the visuals. I love Oh, and also that the fact that they raised like the shiny object cap for Mr. Krabs mm. and they made them like fucking way more expensive than they needed to be. Did not like that that much. Gotcha. Uh, but everything else I enjoyed about the game, the physics engine, I was I it felt weird because it's like this isn't it because it's like it's not the same physics engine that was used for battle for bikini bottom right that's why i'm like much more optimistic for the cosmic shake because the physics engine doesn't matter because it's a brand new game so it'll feel like the i believe it's the same engine that they use that they use for uh battle for bikini bottoms remake but like it'll be it makes more sense to actually use that because it's now their own original thing uh a lot of assets are being brought over from the remake as well so it's essentially uh working like I guess you could say like a sequel sort of how like the SpongeBob SquarePants movie game was like a sequel to Battle for Bikini Bottom in a sense. That's interesting. That's smart. Now where it's going to have like a Zelda problem where there's two different timelines. Now there's the THQ <laughs> timeline and these guys. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, t- technically it is still, this is still THQ. Oh, okay. I like, thought they were the, completely THQ gone. changed to THQ Nordic. Okay. And Nor- they're the producers of the game. They're the publishers. Oh, oh that's awesome. Yeah. And they they've stuck with it like it's the why do you think we got the the remake in the first place? Well, oh, really? we got the remake in the first place because of Shift and <laughs> Dude, the Shift speed, went crazy. The speed, on that. It was the speedrunning community that got us the remake. Like we have them to thank for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 
<laughs> uh, but the Cosmic Shake, I'm excited to see what it brings, and hopefully it's a good game. So that's what I'll, I'll be probably be getting that on release day. Uh, but I'll probably definitely take a look at getting a uh, season as well. Uh, but with that, it's now time for us to move on to our main focus. Here's what we're talking about this week in the Game Lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests, here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. We're talking Sonic Unleashed, which other people will say is the problem child with the Sonic Unleashed uh, games. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it's more like the, the mediocre middle child. The the problem child is the Java version. We don't talk about him. Um, act, okay, I actually will talk about the Java version real quick. Uh, I know I, a friend of mine, I don't know. The speedrunning community is weird because for me, like, they're all the homies. Like, everyone's a homie to me. If I, like, have talked to you once, you're immediately my homie. Uh, so you could say acquaintance instead if you want to be, like, less intimate. But um, a, a, a homie of mine, sure did a run of how was it sure s2 i forget i think it was sure they did a run of the java version which was released for nokia cell phones and so the first time i ever watched it it's actually a pretty solid game it's like got like a rush aesthetics not rush um advanced aesthetics and um uses like boost it's pretty cool so i definitely recommend uh recommend at least checking out the run maybe not playing the game itself but yes this is the weird middle child unleashed <laughs> Yeah, it is. So uh, I have exper- I have experience with the Wii version. Is actually it was the first. It was the first version of Sonic. Well, actually, okay. So I played the HD version of Sonic Unleashed at a friend's place, and okay. then I got the game for Christmas for the Wii one year. And I'm like, oh, awesome! I loved playing Sonic Unleashed on that. So it's probably. And then playing it, I'm like, this wasn't in the. <laughs> I don't remember this one. <laughs> Yes. And as I as time went on, I eventually got the three a three sixty and got Sonic Unleashed for that too. I'm like, oh, I'll play it again. I liked it, and I'm like, yeah, these are completely different games. What the yes. fuck? <laughs> so I I guess if you can answer the question, why are they completely different? Um, that is a great question. So um, I'll give you a little bit of the, the history of this game. Um, so I. I can't give specific uh, reasonings, but I, this is I'll I'll tell you when I break from theory into reality. Um, the, my theory is that um, they were sitting in a boardroom and somebody was like, "Hey, we're, we're making a brawler. Why not put it on the Wii with motion controls?" And all the CEOs were like, "Oh, yes, exquisite!" and started clapping for this intern that gave the gave the idea. And um, and so they they made that, and um, and now this is where it becomes fact. Um, and so they, they made that game for the Wii. Uh, Sonic Team was split. So um, not evenly, but they were split regardless to make these three different versions. The HD version, uh, which is regarded as many by as, as the best boost game ever made. Um, and I would I would definitely stand by that. Uh, I think it's the best Sonic game ever made, to be deeply honest. Uh, but uh, in terms of a lot of different things, but uh, the... Standard version was also made, and then the Java version for Nokia cell phones. All three of those were made together, and um, uh, by Sonic Team, just split up. And already, Sonic Team's pretty pretty dang small. So the fact that any of these games are uh, good is just astounding to me. I think Sonic H Sonic Unleashed HD is like one of the most aesthetically pleasing games I've ever seen, and it came out almost fifteen years ago. But that's besides the point. But this version was made with Sonic Team, and then they consulted Dimps. You guys probably uh, notoriously know for Sonic 4, 
which we don't talk about. But before they made a bad game, they made a lot of good games. Um, and and uh, the day stages, they came out for cons- consultation for the day stages aesthetics, um, the mechanics of the day stages, and um, and some of the, the level design as well. And so that's kind of how that got outsourced. And, um, and then they made this weird looking thing that is Sonic Unleashed Wii. And that's how that kind of came about. And why they're so different is because technically three different teams all the same team but all three different teams are kind of trying to divide divided, divided like uh, how it was with so- well, divided but not to the scale of sonic 06 and sonic and the secret rings were yes yes and and divided and in a way that was like okay so we have like a general idea and so like all the same mechanics are present in the wii nhd version the difference is physics engine. Um, I don't know the physics engine. Here's some things that for homework, if anyone's like nerdy enough, if you figure out what physics engine uh, the SD version uses, uh, that would be great. I would love to know that. Um, hit my line on Discord. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's the Heroes engine that they're using, and then they just updated and modified it. You um, know, that would make sense because it did feel a little slidey here and there. Yes, and my the only reason why I'm saying that is because they do a, a really cool camera trick, um, which hides the shine and glossiness that you see in Heroes. Uh, but the minute that you go into free cam on Dolphin, all of the glossiness on the character designs all returns. So that's that's oh. where my theory comes from. Um, I've I have I've probably spent over, I would I would probably say like ten ten thousand hours in this game um in ge- in a general sense and then i would probably say a solid 2000 of that has been me just messing around with free cam and seeing what i can do <laughs> so um and i've had a lot of skips with it so it definitely yeah so, off, so how but... how did you get into speedrunning sonic unleashed and specifically the wii version yeah so speedrunning in general uh came about because of summoning salt um oh really it was from melee i was playing smash Bros. melee and my friend Donnie recommended to me I check out Summoning Salt. He watches them before bed because he's like got a really calm voice. And so I watched it. I just loved speedrunning. I love these narratives and these stories. I definitely suffer from protagonist syndrome for every now and again. And so I kind of got swept into it. And I was like, this is really cool. And I watched the SA2 story, uh, hero story video. And I was like, wait, people speedrun Sonic games? What the heck? And um, I was... A floored. I was so excited. And so I was like, I never played SA2. I don't want to speed run that game. I was like, well, what Sonic games have I played? And when I was about eight or nine, I'd have been nine years old. It's more than 99. Uh, I was about nine years old. And my dad got me for my ninth birthday, Sonic Unleashed. And that was the only version I knew. I didn't know about any other version. And so um, I wanted to speed run that game. And so I got it. And then I joined the Sonic speedrunning Discord. It's about Sonic Speedrunning Community Discord. And I was like, what what game are y'all playing? Like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's like three different versions. And I was like, what? And so that's how that happened. But I was like, with the SD version, um, it's definitely different. It's less broken than the HD one, surprisingly. Um, actually, weird. Um, honestly, I don't even think you can really argue with this. It's kind of just subjective in terms of there's just not really anything broken about the SD version. It is the least broken Sonic game to, to date. I think uh, still Um, even frontiers is pretty funky. Uh, It's really funky. Um, But like, yeah, I would say if, 
yeah, I, the colors is really broken. Secret Rings is busted. Yeah, I would, I would say it's probably the most stable Sonic game to date. Um, and I don't think it was really intended. I just think it's because Dimps worked on it, and Dimps makes really solid games um, in general. So they, it's really hard to break their games, which is annoying. Please let me break your game. <laughs> <laughs> let me break your game. I want to go faster. Yeah, yeah. And so I've had to get a little creative with it, and it's been more physics ab- or stage geometry abuse than um physics abuses whereas the hd version is very physics abuse heavy um quick little rundown of the hd version um because of the way that the camera works in that game um, yeah if you hold a specific angle you can either get m or d speed um which is mock speed or directional speed um depending on which dimension you're in 3d or 2d respectfully and that gets you zoom in really fast check out an hd run Uh, joshua salkeld has a one hour and 49 minute any percent run for the hd version and it is one of the most beautiful speed runs you will ever watch in your life it is incredible um but uh the sd version has none of that so our time um our world record is two hours and 34 34 minutes so it's just a very different um run um and it's the whole entire system is just different too so yeah. Um, all day stages is shorter. Our all day stages run. All main day stages is only 20 minutes. There's about 30. But they do all the extraneous stages. We just do the main eight. So a little different. So what are some major what are some major skips that are in uh the unleashed runs? Um there's a lot of fight skips that we do, uh, but we play the entire game. So there's no like there's no warping, no stage skips, unfortunately. Uh, the good news is at a high level. I would not say there's any bad stages. Like once you really learn the game, it kind of opens up. I would say the mid game sucks pretty bad, um, but there's hardly any RNG in the run for that two and a half hour span. It's pretty much just execution hub movement. Hub movement is about an, is it's just menuing like Phoenix Wright menuing, and so it's like an hour of the run. So really, our run is a hour and a half speed run bogged down by 15 minutes of menuing so it, it sucks but um but yeah that's kind of it but in the day stages i run i've had any percent world record a little a couple of times but what got me kind of hooked was the day stages um when i came to the scene uh they're all eight day stages il world records were held by handpin and then a um the category for all day stages, single segment was held by a person named Aglub. And I kind of was like, I want to have all day stage world records. Um, and so that was like my grind. It's the majority of my time that I've spent. And since then kind of going with like the mechanics of it, um, I found a lot of skips, arid sands, uh, they call it sand skip. I didn't name it that they named that um, the community did. And um, it's a huge, uh, like 15 second skip on a one on a minute 45 stage. Um, so now that allowed us to actually beat the or allowed me to beat the Taz um, of that stage. A person had, had made a bunch of Tazes uh, like six years ago. His name's Sharu. He's an HD runner and he made a bunch of Tazes of the day stages and he found a tech called QSS, which QSS in the HD version is quick step slide. It's like a momentum abuse. In ours, if you just spam quick step over and over again sonic goes a little bit faster and so a huge skip that was found by sharu was um on the chaser fight if you quick step in a certain rhythm 
and it's frame perfect. You need to make sure you're doing it frame perfectly. So we thought it was like not on, um, not feasible, but I eventually I found out how to humanly do it. Um, but if you do this frame perfect rhythm, uh, the chaser will die on a ramp uh, in this chaser fight. And when it, and its body is on the ramp, it actually pushes Sonic forward and he will get launched straight to the goal ring. Um, and so I actually did it in my GDQ run, which was not the greatest <laughs> execution run in the world. Uh, but I got Taz skip and I felt like a boss. Cause I was like, you know what? <laughs> I at least got the frame perfect trick as I'm talking about things. So it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So how competitive are the two versions of the game? The HD version. So the HD version actually gets, had, has a really cool storyline right now. Um, it's kind of popping off, uh, because for those that don't know the series S and series X came out and it has a lot of cool backwards compatibility, as I said earlier. And one of the things it's backwards compatible with is Sonic generations and Sonic, um, and Sonic unleashed HD. And what's really cool about it is that they actually added an enhancement called FPS boost. So these are 30 frames per second games that have been enhanced to run at 60 FPS. And it has made these games. I mean, it it feels like candy for your hands. It's just, it's some of the best controlling games I've ever played in my life. Um, and so with that said, and then also because of the Series S being faster with load times, competition in the HD version has ramped up and the top 10 has changed a lot since then. Um, to put in perspective, before the Series S came out, the world record was at two hours and 10 minutes. It is now, as I said earlier, sub one hour and 50 minutes so that is a huge jump in time um for the sd version there are two people that run it me and kino platt and um we have ilos every now and then some people will try um all day stages but for the most part it's just us two and we've been playing uh he's been playing a little bit longer than me uh, about three years for him two years for me and uh, he's really good with night stages and really big ca- categories, like 100% and any percent. Whereas for me, um, I really care about like super precise optimization. And so the day stages, all day stages um, has been more where I gravitate towards. Um, so how do, how do you have find a hard time getting the drive for yourself with this game that has essentially like no competition? Yeah, yes. Uh, when I came in, it was Kino had just started playing. He had been made super mod like a week in because the only other person that was active was Aiden. And Aiden doesn't even speedrun anymore, but uh, he stuck around as a mod just in case for the occasional IL. Um, so he'd been made super mod. I got added on as the mod team, like literally like my second day. And, uh, and so we kind of started to become close and started competing with one another. And any, well, for me, it was an ILs. I was just an ILer um, because when I came into the Sonic community, I I knew despite that there being no competition, I was like, I had I had a couple of goals. I wanted all day stage, all these eight day stage world records. I wanted them to be mine. I wanted all day stages to be at an optimized place, and then three, I wanted to get the run good enough to get into GDQ, and so and flashy enough to get into GDQ, and so. Um, I started really grinding heavy on, on day stages and, um, and so he started competing with me with that. But then, um, I asked, um, a SA two runner, you guys probably know her, Katie four, 
Um, this is my first interaction with her. I pinged her in the SA2 Discord, which you're not, don't do that. Um, and I go, I go, Katie, how do you practice your game? And she said, I safe state everything. I said, okay, bet. And so I kind of went into my game with Dolphin um, and I safe stated um, pretty much every day. I would safe state every, there's there's natural like checkpoints in the game. Um, I, we call them splits, but um, I would save state every split. So a, a 20 second split is going to be save stated until I'm plus one or two seconds on the TAS, uh, not on the world record, but on the TAS, because uh, I can't do a uh, perfect QSS everywhere. Um, I can do it on straightaways, but I can't, I can't do it on, on curves like the TAS can. So for me, it was like, give myself one or two seconds of len- leniency, but it needs to be damn near perfect. Um, and for me, that became my drive was um, being able to say this run is good. And I think a lot of people, they want like what's good for them. Uh, for me, I knew I was talented enough and I had the work ethic that could push hard enough to get to the place where I could say this game is good. And I think with something that has less competition, um, that is in your hands. That's your responsibility now for your your game. It is as good as much you'll, as you'll push it. Whereas SA2, you have these god tier runners who can make, you can do runs that are absolutely incredible on, in the top 25. That's not an option for us. It's it's You either make it look good on your own or it's going to be unoptimal and it's going to be a pretty, not bad run, but definitely an unoptimized run. And those just aren't, I don't think they represent the game as well. And so um, for me, it was that pursuit of getting a time where I was like, this is a good run. And also just, I don't know, there's something really fun about getting intimate knowledge about something. Um, and so, um, but it wasn't until we got close. I, I didn't get close. My friend Kino Platt got close to the sub two hours and 40 minute barrier um, where I was like, oh, I want in on that. And I barely missed it. He got it by a week and then I got it right after. Um, and I got, um, I got a 37. So then I got world record for that, but, um, we still think any percent is pretty unoptimized, but it's just a really long category. Um, and so we don't, we don't run it as much as we can because we're both super busy right now. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of where we'll have like a little bit of competition is in any percent, but for the most part, he's a night stage guy. I'm the day stage guy. The minute that someone comes into our community that can do both. Oh, me and Kino are going to be out of business, but <laughs> <laughs> the market will crash. <laughs> yes, the market will crash. I will just be like a puddle of tears. But I think there's that fun part, though, about there being a lack of competition is like, is that, yes, I'm I've pushed it really far. Like I've made my throne. And I'm staying there. Um, but I think there's that other part of it where it's like, you know, like when it's a little bit more inactive, I can kind of rest and like not worry about it. Like there's, I, I doubt it took seven years for someone to even try to beat Hampton's times. So unless there's someone listening right now is like, yep, I'm going to go try to grind to beat spec. Like I, I could see that happening again and not because it's just optimized, but also because it's like, it's just that inactive of a game. I can chill for seven years. And as someone tries to come back within that time, you better believe I'll be there. <laughs> like, so, um, but right now it's like, oh, I got, I got a break. I'll take it. So I'm taking kind of a break for a little bit. So with how optimized the Wii version is, what, what's, what would essentially have to, what would, with how the game is, what's the perfect run look like? 
um, I found another skip that seems about half a second um, in Spagonia that I have not been able to get into a run yet, which I would really like to because it looks really cute. And um, and <laughs> really cute. Yeah, sure. Um, and I, I like that. Um, and then in I got Taz skip in Windmill Isle 2. But the unfortunate part is that the collision for the ramp didn't hit. And so I didn't get launched. Instead, I just skipped the ramp, which is still fine. Like, it's still a pretty good result. Uh, you're still saving a couple of times, but there's like six seconds on that stage. But outside of that, pretty much every stage has like very little time save. So um, I think right now there's like a, maybe 10 seconds left. Um, right now, I'm only uh, 1944. I'm 16 seconds off my sum of best. So. Um, there's 16 seconds left to get uh, for my skill level, which I think is probably the highest skill level for the day stages um, wow. to feasibly get. Um, but, and there's a part of me, like I know in the future, if I get like a, a major break in time, um, I I will probably go for that. I will probably go for that sub at least like a 1929. Um, that would be really cool, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. So but right now it's at 1944, which is a really good time. That's like a really, really good time. Is there anything else you want to add about just the general speed running aspect of Sonic Unleashed and Unleashed? Um, yes, I, I have one last thing. Um, I've made a tutorial on my YouTube for all day stages. It is comprehensive. It's an hour long and the run itself is a half an hour if you're bad. Um, <laughs> and so... I would definitely recommend to those that are listening and are a, a Sonic speedrunner or someone that's just interested in speedrunning, check it out. Like it's it's just eight stages, um, and once you get the hang of it, it's really really fun. So yeah, from um, from what I've heard as well, like even with the any percent run, from the sound of it, it's the uh, the the Wii version of this seems to be a lot more like accessible with like not needing to do any crazy crazy things. Yeah, it's way more accessible. Like the HD version. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I still suck at that game. Like I'm really bad at it. It's one of my favorites, but I'm bad at it um, comparatively to the other runners. But, um, but yeah, the SD version, it's, it's a lot less, not as mechanically trick heavy. Again, it's just, it's just stage abuse. And so, um, yeah, it's a lot more accessible from a speedrunner perspective. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to move on to our second topic of the day, which is uh, your journey to amazing games done quick yeah kind of crazy huh yeah so so what so what for, let's start off what what made you decide to submit to agdq um i if you had asked me that question a year ago i would say i want to be a full-time streamer and i want to like catapult like my channel and everything and that has completely changed that is no longer the reason um and i would actually go back to the original reason from two years ago is that i love this game and i want people to see it and um and run it like that's pretty much it like i just want people to see how much i love this game and how much this game deserves to be in the main speed running conversation and so um and so yeah that's kind of why i submitted for um agdq um i'd become a really big critic of gdq before um i submitted i still submitted it though because it's it's still like the biggest marathon around to get visibility for this game. And that's what I care about most. But um, some of the things that happened to SGDQ, I definitely disagree with. And so, um, and so I was like, I'm probably like 
like uh, blacklisted. Like I'm probably not going to get in. And so um, when I got in, I literally like screamed and ran around my room because I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? So uh, I, I freaked out. It was crazy. And uh, was so this was also like, was this like the first time you ever submitted to like a, a marathon? No, I so my first marathon, well, I actually got me like, hooked to marathoning was was it 2020 or 2021 something around there june of 2021 i'm pretty sure i did uh the sonic 30th anniversary marathon for the sonic speedrunning community and i and again with this with the small community there there is no commentators you're it so i had to commentate myself and um i can talk kind of fast as i as y'all probably know by now (laughs) but um as i as i but as I'm playing games, like I can talk along with it. And so um, kind of like Argic, if you ever watch Argic's runs, um, I can do that. He's definitely more energetic than I am. But um, I'll, I'll talk along and explain all the tech as I'm playing. Um, and I just loved it. I had so much fun. I got a lot of positive reception. And so, but for GDQ, I had submitted two times before. So this is my third submission. And, but I had gotten in to a hot fix for Sonic and the Glitchless Gauntlet and people loved it they loved the glitchless gauntlet and so um i pretty much told them in my submission i was like it was loved then it was the most viewed sonic run of that event um or not viewed sonic run viewed boost game of that event put me in coach and um they they said yeah so we agree and and it's the most viewed um sonic run of of gdq of of this year so that made me feel pretty vindicated (laughs) people like unleashed yeah. Nice. So uh, I have actually not seen the run quite yet because I have not had the time uh, in recent days because I've been very busy with a lot of other things. So uh, how did you decide your co- co-commentators for the run? Who were your co-commentators for the run? It was just me. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Myself. Actually? Oh, wow. Yeah, still is. Still is just me kind of going by myself. And, um, I, for me, um, I'm, I'm now like semi-retired from speedrunning just for a little while, semi-retired on a break. You could say it's more like, uh, I'm retired if there never comes a point I get motivated again, but I want to give myself the in if I get motivated again. Right now I'm not. Um, but this was kind of my swan song, especially with unleashed, um, or unleashed for, for uh, simplicity's sake, I think, um, and wanted to share the love and the affirmation I had for the community um, that I received from the community over the past two or three years now. Um, The Sonic speedrunning community like changed my life. Like I cannot, I can, I can easily say that. And, um, and I think they really gave me the way I I'm about to start grad school in like two weeks. Um, And it's because of the speedrunning community that I, like applied <laughs> like because they kind of showed me the things i'm passionate about streaming showed me that i really like having conversations and like talking about real life things most of my stream is like people like crying together and we talk about um just I, it, it is weird it's weird um because i'm playing like a furry sonic game and we're talking about like generational trauma and i'm like how the fuck does this happen 
Um, but um, as I was, as I was, I'm sorry, that's just the best way I've ever heard that game described. It's it's a big contract. That's how. That's what it is. There's okay. Side note. Side note. The how do you turn Sonic into a furry? He's already one. No. Oh no, you don't know. (laughs) But like the main demographic, it's like Rivals of Aether, where it's like there is an 80 percent chance that a person that who's an arrival who's a Rivals player is also a furry. Same thing for Sonic and Leaf speedrunners. I'm in the 20 percent, but um most of my friends are furries and i stand by them i absolutely love them um but um go off oomphy hey i mean but, hey, uh, they make bank on their art i will say that. oh my god they do and it's it's awesome i support them i love them um but yeah that so it was just me solo sharing all the love for the event um or for the for the community as i went in uh, for my furry friends <laughs> so um how much how much prep did you have for your run how much prep did you how much time did you put in preparing for this minute i got in um i said okay we're this is it i'm just gonna practice literally every day and um i practiced three runs a day three no resets wow um and i actually ended up getting a couple world records um or just beating pbs i guess um uh i got pbs and I got a couple IL records. Um, I haven't uploaded them. Probably how, how much? Oh, here's a good question for you uh, before I let you continue. How much did your PB drop from uh, practicing? Um, 13 seconds, which is pretty big for that small of a category. So, um, yeah, there was a huge mistake on my PB. Basically, I was done with all day stages once I got sub 20 RTA. Like, uh-huh. we're like That's the last minute barrier you, we can ever beat unless something gets found um and so for me i was like all right like i'm done um but then it was like well i just i got into gdq so let's practice every day and then i like set little goals so it's like sub 50 uh or sub 55 sub 50 and then and then i got to 44 and i was like oh this is fine so but i still kept practicing every day uh three times a day doing no resets and it really helped with commentary and with like uh, my mentality where i was like i can literally adjust to anything I mean, it really, really made me open-minded. Uh, so with the, your GDQ run, how would you rate the final result? Uh, okay. Gameplay, like a two out of 10. <laughs> it's really bad, actually. <laughs> I played awful. Um, and it was funny because like the people that, that I talked to afterwards were like close friends of mine. And so we, I, I come into voice chat afterwards. I go, we don't talk about that gameplay. And they said, we don't talk about that gameplay. It's like they, they knew it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted a 20, like a 20 minute run. I ended up getting like a 22. Um, so I lost two minutes. Now, granted, I did reset the run at the very beginning. So like that was like 30 seconds gone. So like I technically got a 21, but like semantics. Um, but uh yeah, I, I really wanted a 21 and so that was or 20 and I got really disappointed by that. But the commentary was really good. Um, I got a lot of sweet donations from friends. I'm, I'm a I'm a pretty emotional person. Like, again, my stream is a place where people cry. Um, so I I definitely am. Uh, I'm, I'm very empathetic, very much feely. I just I'm gushy um or gushy and so uh my community and their funny ways were like we're gonna make spec cry with like the most wholesome donation notes ever and um they wrote some of the sweetest things i've ever been told by people and i i didn't cry 
um a lot <laughs> but uh but i cried during donations and so they couldn't hear me and so um but it was really sweet but they kind of spoiled i was uh spoiled it but it allowed me to have more time for it to talk about um grad school and so but they said like good luck on grad school good luck on grad school and the host was like you're going to grad school and i was like yep like i because of this community and because of the people i know from it i actually applied um and got into school for clinical mental health counseling and uh, with an emphasis on trauma care um and uh and uh, gender affirming care so like those are the two things i kind of want to go into is helping people um from uh backgrounds where um they transitioned and it's been hard for them um to transition because of uh external factors in community or family and just giving them uh, the tools to take care of themselves and giving them resources to keep them safe. And so, and also be like, Hey, like you're not crazy for um, affirming who you are. And so like, that's, that's kind of where um, I landed. And so be able to share that. And with just the, how queer the um, gaming community is that, that brought in a really warm response and so the commentary and the response of the run was like a t- 10 out of 10. And I got so many DMs and um, mentions on Twitter and on Discord that were just like, like along the lines of, we need more people like this. Thank you so much for like inspiring me. Or, and then they'd be sharing their stories with me about their transition. And it was just like, it was just really human. And I really, really loved that aspect of it that I felt like, you know, like I'm going to go to SGDQ this summer in person, hopefully. Um, and like, it, it makes me feel more part of everything. And so it was just really good. I really liked it. And a part of you in the back of your mind was saying, I'm going to have a very nice clientele when I graduate. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'll only be licensed in one state, but if they're in Indiana, yeah, hit me up. <laughs> Love to, in like three years once i finish but, hey let's um, go yeah let's yeah. go i i could never do grad school i i i did i, I did four years two different diploma programs that's oh, okay I'm, go- I'm good with that i also yeah don't test well when it comes to like the smart cat things so i thought i thought i was done and then i actually met a person here in indiana i just moved back from oregon i met a person here that was doing online school and they kind of showed me their program. It's accredited, um, which is really big for like therapy uh, to be accredited. And so, um, but they were showing me their program and they were like, I really struggle with school, but here's like kind of the resources that they have for people that struggle with school. And so like seeing their kind of layout, like really maybe it's making me feel less anxious, but I will, I will not lie. I start in on February 6th and I'm, I'm freaking out about it. I'm like hoping that it just goes well. As long as I can keep my keep a keep a good GPA, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you would like to add before we head into the bonus level? No, super grateful for the experience. It was super cool. All righty then. Well, with that, then it's time for us to d- start wrapping things up and closing out the show. Let's dive into the bonus level. Community Q and A's: a look back at gaming history and your achievement of the week. Here's this week's bonus level. And starting off, we got this week in gaming history from January 30th to February 5th. Here's what happened in the past. Starting off on the 30th, 2002, Sega officially announces the discontinuance of the Dreamcast video game system. Pour one out. 
Pour one out. <laughs> Pour one out. On the 23rd, or sorry, 31st, can't read, uh, 1997, Square releases Final Fantasy VII for the PlayStation in Japan. Wow. That's crazy. That means we might, uh, hey, that means we might see some Final Fantasy VII news come out next week. Who knows? I really hope so. Who knows? Uh, on the first, 1990, Nintendo ships the Super Mario Brothers 3 video game for the NES in North America. On the second, 2004, the Vendi Universal releases the Fast and the Furious video game for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox in North America. Three people just like screamed like the most loud, visceral screams of joy you've ever heard in your life. They went, <laughs> yes, Fast and Furious. It's about family. It's about family. <laughs> <laughs> On the third, 2005, the Madden Bowl video game contest is held as the Xbox Live Madden Championship. So a bunch of football for football folk. On the fourth, uh, 2001, Nintendo releases the Paper Mario video game for the N64 in North America. That's crazy that the N64 was still getting games in 2001. It makes sense because they released the GameCube later in November, right? It's like November, October? I think so. Yeah, I think so because Melee came with it. That's when it released. And uh, on the 5th, 2008, Capcom released Devil May Cry 4 for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in North America. Uh, bringing us the introduction of Nero. Great game. I'm currently playing through Devil May Cry 4. It's fun. I've not played. I've, I played uh, 2, and that was a really good time. Oh, you played the bad one. Was that the bad one? Yeah. Okay. I, well, thought, that was like the, I thought that was like the best one compared to, to two, some two, I Here's what I'll say about the Devil May Cry series real quick. The first game is is a Resident Evil game. It's that it's Dante yes. in Resident Evil. The second yes. game is good gameplay. That story is dog. Yeah, it, yes. it is awful story. Devil May Cry Three is great. I loved a lot of things about Devil May Cry Three, both story and uh, gameplay. Uh, it, Devil May Cry Four is the best one so far. Best one so far. Okay, I'm I've been playing through them for the through those and Bayonetta simultaneously. And and I compare them them both. I think I'm more of a Bayonetta fan. Actually. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the achievement of the week is in the Dead Space remake. It's one gun, which is to beat the game with only the plasma cutter. And the game of the week, uh, I've given it to SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake, because it is the one that I am excited for. <laughs> uh, and with that, Spec, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's fun to be on. Be able to rant a little bit, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you guys can find me on in two, well, three places. Um, I, I use my real name everywhere, so this is like weird. Um, you guys can find me at SpecWee on Twitter. Um, Elijah and Davis on uh, Instagram. If you're an Instagram person, which that's a dying out platform. But if you want to find me there, you can find me there. That's why I post photos. Um, and if you are a person that likes twitch.tv and likes a streamer that streams, I don't know, like once every month, uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash spec. We, um, one day I will return to streaming and you, you better be ready. You, you better run. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> run. He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> 
but uh outside of that um yeah, uh, you guys can find me on, on those things. Those are, those are my, my, my things. And, uh, of course, you can find me at Radio Tony on Twitter and at Tony's Game Lounge everywhere else. Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, YouTube. That's where you can find and follow me. Spec, thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun to be on. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in this week. Be sure to like, share, follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this to. We will be back next week with the Season 6 finale. We'll be wrapping up the World Tour. And uh, I think you guys might like the reference that we'll be making at the top of next week's show. Uh, Until then, I'll see you then, and we'll see you back here next time in the Game Lounge. Bye! See ya! Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok for more updates.